This is all Connie Chung's fault. I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. I, love Con- I love Connie Chung. Connie Chung, we blame you. <laughs> yeah. When we come on our podcast, we want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the second season of Allegedly Astrology. In case you're new or need a little refresher on what we do here, each week we'll be breaking down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Dana, what are we talking about in this first episode of our second season today we're talking about two ice princesses and 90s icons nancy kerrigan and tanya harding i would argue they're eternal icons but who's to say who's (laughs) to say but yes this is the incident that would come to be known as the whack heard round the world (laughs) a january 1994 assault on nancy kerrigan at the detroit ice arena before the u.s women's championships the whack attack inspired a major motion picture made for TV movies and documentaries and is considered to be one of the biggest sports scandals in history. Also, whack attack reminds me of remember with Michael Jackson when they used to be like, it's wacko Jacko. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. Yeah, no, no I for sure remember it. They saw the W H A C K O. Whatever disorder Jacko. I have, seeing that in my mind. Um, yeah, whack was a word. Yes. And whack is an Italian word, and so Elise has full rights to wield it. <laughs> um, so this infamous scandal revolves around two pro ice skaters, Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. So let's kick it off with Miss Crunchy Bangs herself, because she loved a gel bang moment, Tanya. So Tanya Harding was born on November 12th, 1970, to her mom, Lavana, and her dad, Albert. Life didn't come easy for the Hardings. They had to work hard to make ends meet. Um, Tanya, though, was a tomboy, but she started skating at the age of three, and it was immediately very obvious that she was incredibly talented, athletic, and powerful. And this power would later become her signature skating style. So, Dana, what are her big three? So Tanya has a Scorpio sun, a Taurus moon, and a Cancer rising, which... You know, I'm going to tell you how accurate it is. Um, (laughs) Scorpio sons are calculating. They're suspicious, paranoid, ruthless, competitive. They're mob bosses. They perform from their gut. They don't, their mind isn't in their brain. It's in their gut. It's all instinct, which is cool. And also they're hot. Um, And (laughs) Taurus Moon uh, is cuddly, loving, also suspicious and wants things to come to her and artistic. And so the dichotomy here is that Scorpio goes for the things that it wants without even thinking whether or not it wants it because it feels it in its gut. And the Taurus Moon needs things to come to it. Um, And so she's a Cancer Rising 2, which is competitive, uh, super competent, also calculating, emotional, withdrawn, protective, defensive, and like extremely tenacious. That makes perfect sense. And obviously she's a Scorpio sun. Um, <laughs> she's intense, ruthless, competitive. Her Taurus moon, she like wants to get what she thinks she deserves and her cancer rising um, adds to her competitive side, but making her super emotional and defensive about her competitiveness. Throughout her life, Tanya had a very tumultuous relationship with her mom. She claimed her mom abused her both physically and psychologically. Yeah, allegedly another ice skater witnessed Tanya's mom hit Tanya in the head with a hairbrush in the bathroom. And then later there was an unverified account that Levana even threw a knife at Tanya. Yeah, that was an I, Tanya, but like very, just like V aggressive. Um, But this pattern of abuse really becomes a theme for Tanya in her life. In fact, she marries Jeff Galuli, which like amazing last name. 
when she was 19. And they also had a very like up and down abusive relationship. Yeah. Dana, are there any placements in her chart that can make her like prone to this kind of abuse or mistreatment? Extremely. Um, she has Venus retrograde in Scorpio. So Venus in Scorpio is um, ruled by Mars. It's complex. It's deep. Venus wants things to come to it, like I said about the moon. And Mars rules Scorpio, so she wants to go get the things um, that she wants to come to her. It's like complex. It's conflicted. She's like really not great at waiting. And certainly like this presents a lot of conflicts. Um with a retrograde, uh, the violent energy is just like extra loud. So there's already like, when I say violent, it's not guaranteed violence. It's just like some sort of internal like turmoil, right? Like it's it's just the essence of violence. It's not all bad though, because Venus in Scorpio and she has also has Mars in Libra. And so this is like in mutual reception, which is cool because these are like both debilitated placements. So they play off each other in a debilitated way, but then in that way they strengthen each other. Which makes sense because like that's exactly someone who would be able to like sublimate internal violence into like a lovely ice dancing show and like <laughs> grind his blades to make their art. Like yeah. he is like alone on the ice, like just like, you know, going for it with like whatever full metal music, um, <laughs> which is Sarah's domain. And so the also her debilitated Venus rules her moon, which is associated with our physical bodies, but also our mothers. So um, it's just all kind of like internal for her. And like, it's her reactions. It's, it's like through and through. It's what she does. That's like, upsetting. And it's also what she does. That's beautiful. Right. And so that would explain why her mom and her were getting into physical altercations. Um, and so Tanya's Venus and Scorpio is going to make her attracted to intense relationships. And since Tanya has that placement in retrograde, it's going to be especially intense. Um, and then with her Venus placement that rules her Taurus moon, she's going to really experience this intensity with her body and her physicality. Yeah, like it's not at all surprising that her body experienced trauma because both like due to the physical strain it put her through, like just being a professional ice skater and because of her relationships. It's just a part of who she is. Yeah. Damn. So Tanya had a lot going on. But now we're going to shift to the assaulty of the hour, the true queen of all ice queens. One of my faves growing up, Nancy Kerrigan. So Nancy was born October 13th, 1969. She was the youngest of three children to her parents, Daniel and Brenda. She also came from a pretty modest means, which a lot of people don't believe because she's just because she's an ice queen. People think that she was born rich, but that's not the case. She looks so elegant, too. She just yeah. Looks elegant. Yeah. Like she was also from like a, a definitely like a more modest home, but it was obviously like not nearly as like violent. And it was just a lot different than the way Tanya grew up. Yeah. It was a lot more functional for sure. Though it was functional, they still had to like work hard. Her dad had to work three jobs to help fund her skating career. Right. And ice skating super expensive. You have to pay for classes and ice time and coaches and like not to mention all of your outfits and costumes. I think like Tanya went to practice like ice skating at the mall because it was free or something like it was really, really expensive to do if you didn't have the means. Yeah, it's definitely a very big investment. Um, I skated for a few years when I was little and it literally my out was because I said like my skates were like too tight for my feet. And I feel like my parents were like, fucking fine. Like your skates are too tight. We don't want to spend like another few hundred dollars on like your bullshit ice skates. So my nine-year-old has bunions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my nine-year-old has bunions. <laughs> but ice skating is a really big investment like we've been talking about. Nancy's parents, however, will were willing to pay for it. Um, there's actually not that much info compared to Tanya about 
Nancy's early life. Like Tanya was like a real open book. Nancy, not so much. But it seemed like she was crushing it at ice skating competitions since the age of nine. So what is like good old Nance's chart? Well, we'll never get that much info from her because she's a Libra sun. Very informative. Scorpio moon. You'll never know fully anything about people who have Scorpio placements. They take it to the grave. They're not giving up shit. It's it's to protect other people is really what's going on. And she's also an Aries rising. Um, And so her Libra son is like a sweet angel baby, kind, amicable, loving, great at like getting people on her side. And also like she just like her, her identity is within the public, like in her relationship. So that's beautiful. And then again, the Scorpio moon, the natural detective, they'll never fully reveal like anything or their whole selves because they also just know more than you it's their depth psychology like she could intuit insecurity in other people and like then use it to her advantage or you know maybe and like it's maybe something i'm not saying that she for sure does this or knows that she does it. i'm saying she for sure does it though um <laughs> and it's like this is the strength so she, like to be able to like see someone else's weakness when they're your enemy is a strength it might not be seen so as today but uh in like ancient times like this was a virtue um <laughs> And so the struggle, though, here is that people project their unconscious insecurities onto you wherever a Scorpio placement is. And so for her, it's onto her moon, which is like that kind of also creates the paranoia. It's like these things that feed off of each other. And then she also has her Aries rising at zero degrees, which is like the it's called the Aries point. Um, Please Google it if you've never heard of it. Elise also has her Mercury here, our beautiful producer. Fancy. And so... The Aries point is uh, associated with fame in terms of like just and something in your life will be like related to the collective, like you'll play a part in it. And so she goes after what she wants. It's instinctual. And so she's like a fundamental understanding of what life is about. And like, that's that. The thing about people projecting their insecurities on her, I feel like that was like the prime relationship between her and Tanya. Like she had everything that Tanya couldn't have, like a loving home, this very classic beauty, this grace that just like did not come naturally to Tanya. And she just was rewarded for it much more than Tanya, even though Tanya was exceptionally skilled, just wasn't exactly in the same way that Nancy was. And so Nancy's like Libra son makes her like very charming and likable and accommodating to others and Scorpio moon, which is like makes her a little bit more secretive and emotional, which is probably why we don't know like a lot about her life. And then her Aries rising, which makes her very ambitious. All tracks. Yeah. No, I didn't even really think about that, um, about the projection, but that makes total sense. So Tanya and Nancy, they grow up from being like little fetuses. And they find themselves competing against each other in major ice skating competitions. They were both like super talented and driven, which we see with Nancy's Aries rising. And then Tanya has her cancer rising and Scorpio sun. But the public and the U.S. Figure Skating Association viewed them very differently. Tanya was the first woman skater to successfully perform a triple axle, which honestly is like, a fucking huge deal. Like no one had even attempted it in like a program, like in a live ice skating program that just shows like the amount of power she has. Like it's super difficult to land a double or sorry, a triple axle, but it honestly didn't mean shit because she was not the vibe. The USA figure skating wanted for their star. Yeah. And I think Tanya was sort of considered to be a little bit of, like the ugly duckling. She wasn't graceful. Her body was just like much more athletic. It wasn't like the teeny tiny, like Tara Lipinski um, figure skating type. She performed to heavy metal music, which was really unheard of. And like 
these days we'd be all about her because she was just like truly her authentic self. She was kind of a badass and like, but she didn't even attempt to play the game um, with us figure skating um, or conform to the ice skating ideals. And, you know, remember like this was back in the nineties, everything had to be all pure and conform to like society. And this just really wasn't helping her cause. And, um, you know, so I just feel like we need to understand a little bit more about uh, the relationship between her and us figure skating. Cause those fuckers were assholes. <laughs> okay. So I have some really interesting things to say about it, but I just want to note too, that um, I feel like a little bit, in researching this, I just feel like Tanya kind of reminds you of Kanye in the way that they're like iconic <laughs> their time. Also, uh, listeners, I am eternally loyal to Kanye West. It all ties back to the U.S. figure skating chart, which um, we don't actually have because they don't have any founding date. I went to the ends of the internet. I searched Reddit. It's nowhere. <laughs> so there's no founding date for U.S. figure skating. We have a founding year, which is 1921. Um, and it just seems really par for course because they're so uptight. And so this year was extremely significant astrologically because it fell on a great conjunction, which is Jupiter conjunct Saturn, which we get to deal with this year. And great conjunctions happen roughly every 20 years, and they have like a lot of significations, uh, especially with like presidents dying or falling ill or attempts being made on their life. Um, but for the purpose of the U.S. figure skating chart, <laughs> they have Jupiter conjunct Saturn in Virgo, which is extremely, extremely controlled. They're control freaks. It's perfectionistic. It's obsessive concern over details. It's people who have the most uh, potential to reach perfection, but they can never reach it because perfection can never be reached and, and it's all in their head. Um, and so that's the great like fall. And so it's just super fitting for a sport, which is like scored to a decimal on things that they've kind of made up as their own ideas of perfect. And instead of like, you know, being daring and risky. Um, and so anyway, this conjunction is conjunct Tanya's Pluto in Virgo. And it, it like it just subdues her own ability. Pluto is also like it's your like subliminal like control. So it just subdues her ability to enforce her own control and like her own ideas of how she could change the sport. Yeah. And I guess Jupiter meeting Saturn in Virgo um, in that U.S. figure skating chart is just going to make them the most pageanty of pageant moms. They're controlling and demanding and always needing perfection. And Tanya was never going to be able to meet their standards. So they're going to be in direct conflict no matter what. Yeah, they're real Patsy Ramseys, as we all know and love. Minus the murder, or I don't know. <laughs> don't sue me. Sorry, Burke. On the other hand, we have Nancy, who was the next upcoming star, because she embodied these ice skating ideals. She was graceful, elegant, and ethereal, which to me really embodies like her Libra son, because those are like all very, very Libra traits. Right. And Nancy was not only the darling of ice skating, but really like the darling of the US public. Like people loved her so much. She was the face of companies like Campbell's Soup, Revlon, Reebok. And Tanya, on the other hand, didn't have endorsements or sponsorships, which I'm sure Tanya was super annoyed about because she was honestly the slightly better ice skater. Um, plus her big three is going to make her feel really competitive and want to get what she thinks she deserves, which is fame and money. But unfortunately, she wasn't nearly as marketable as Nancy. And so I wonder what the bywheel between Nancy and U.S. figure skating was. You know, I do have that. But I also feel like I love when you said that, like, Tanya is super competitive. And also in Nancy's chart, it shows that they're super competitive. And like, it's great to talk about all this because we get to talk about women as women. And then also... Because they're fucking elite athletes. Ice skaters literally like 
teeter around on like a sliver of like blade and jump in the air, throw themselves around. Like these women were super athletic, but then it's always going to be almost like brought down to this cat fight. That was like brought on by the U.S. figure skating's like bullshit standards. It's like it wasn't enough for you to be an elite athlete. Like you had to be you had to be a princess. And like, I just feel like Nancy was able to hide her competitiveness with a little bit more grace and finesse, even though obviously on the inside that Aries, uh, zero degree Aries placement, like she's not fucking around, but she was able to hide it much better than Tanya. Well said. And also it shows kind of like where our values are at certain points of society, like what we want a woman to be, regardless of whether or not she's like the Michael Jordan of her sport. Right. And we know how we feel about Michael Jordan. So Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan and the U.S. figure skating chart. So again, Saturn and Jupiter and Virgo are conjunct Nancy's Pluto and Venus. So Nancy's Pluto and Venus are conjunct each other in Virgo. And this is a control freak aspect as hell. Like she's creative, but controlled. It's always like measured creativity, which is like two things that are kind of, you know, opposite. But when you get them down, you're Nancy Kerrigan. So that's all ice skating is like you're allowed to be creative, but only to a certain extent. And so these aspects like I I think they kind of played well together until they didn't. Um, but like Nancy's at that time, Nancy's Venus conjunct Pluto was on a float in Disney World. You know, it's like that's <laughs> like she, you know, controlled herself all the way. Right. And that's all about that Virgo placement. And so by the way that her chart interacts with the U.S. figure skating means that the organization to be able to control and influence her looks and values is in a way that she'll go along with. So her and U.S. figure skating like are a much better match and partnership than Tanya and U.S. figure skating. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm sure sure people have watched other documentaries, um, but you know, you you're, it's just it's not enough just to be a good figure skater. You have to get in line with this brand. I really respect Nancy, but I relate to Tanya. Yeah, I feel like when I was growing up, like. I like love Nancy. Tanya scared me, but now I think we were told that. Yeah, it was the it was totally the media and US figure skating like controlling that narrative. Let's turn from the US Figure Skating Association and their relationship with Nancy and Tanya and kind of shift to like how the public saw them. So fans of the sport saw Nancy and Tanya as rivals. They were two of the top skaters in the world. Nancy was the pinnacle perfect ice queen dream. Tanya was kind of this like swamp monster yeah. from the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> um, they were also around the same age. They could competed against each other all the time. Both big names. They both wanted to be number one. So, you know, it was easy to call them rivals. Um, many people said they were cordial to each other, but I would love to know what their bywill is so we could get a bit more tea on their relationship. Okay, so something that I think is pretty cool and also maybe revealing of rivals in general is that Tanya's son, her identity, her, you know, life force or spirit is conjunct Nancy's moon, which is like the reaction, the soul. It's like, this is kind of like the yin conjunct the yang. Uh, they fit together. It suggests that they understand each other on a deep and psychological level, especially because this is in Scorpio. It's like 21 degrees Scorpio. Scorpio is also ruled by Mars. And so uh, it's a sign of trust issue. So it doesn't mean that they like, they're not best friends, but they at least, I just know that they like look each other in the eye and they're like, we don't trust each other, but I know you and I see you, you know? I feel like it's almost, what's that literary term? Like an anti-hero? Like they were almost I like, that. yeah, like both of them from <laughs> both fun. of their perspectives, like, you know, like Nancy probably saw herself as the hero, but Tanya's almost like her perfect opposite and vice versa. So, I mean, it's good to know, I guess, that they didn't hate each other. They were just like associates. 
Um, but now we bring ourselves to the day of the attack, whether enemies or not, which was January 6, 1994. So Nancy is minding her old goddamn business. She's coming off the ice after practice when some rando comes out of the fucking woodwork and strikes her in the knee with a heavy baton. So she goes down and like, as anyone who's ever been assaulted would do, like starts screaming her fucking head off because right. he just got hit. <laughs> and this wasn't just like a casual, just like ice skating practice. This was a really big deal because it was um, a prep for the U.S. Nationals being held um, at the Detroit Ice Center the next day. And that competition would determine who was going to be in the subsequent Winter Olympics. So this was not an ideal time to get injured. And um, <laughs> yeah, just not an ideal time. And at this time, Nancy was at the top of her game and this was her chance to qualify for the Olympics. And, you know, one thing to note, this was 1994. This was pre 9-11. So there was like no security anywhere at any time. So, you know, nowadays that would, this would not be yeah, possible. Like you need a but, yeah. individual security. Right. You can't just be like, trolling around this you know but yeah so i want to see dana what is going on in um nancy's chart on this day oh my god there's so much um (laughs) in nancy's annual perfections for 1984 mars is her time lord and her aries first house and capricorn 10th house is are both activated and so the first house is the house of the self and the 10th is your house of like legacy and reputation fame and honors and oh boy did this determine that yeah, for, for real. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hold the little horses because on this day, <laughs> on the day got left, the Sun, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Uranus, and Neptune were all transiting Capricorn, which is Nancy's midheaven. Damn. And the house uh, point that uh, do you, you know deals with fame and uh, your public self. So it's never not concerning to see a preponderance of like six out of ten planets in any sign, but. This is like an immense amount of energy and uh, to have it in your activated house. Like I know she didn't have an astrologer. Uh, (laughs) I guess I should note that perfections weren't discovered by them, but that's another winding road. Um, And so it's even more significant because the attack coincided with her Mars return. And so Mars is the planet of aggression, seizing power. And it's, you know, wildly enough Capricorn is knees. So I know um, that's like crazy to me. Right? Are all the signs associated with a different part of the body? Yeah, medical astrology is pretty cool. Um, mm. So you can get down to like your like saliva enzymes, I think. Never not concerning to see these like planets there, but also Pluto was in a tight conjunction to Nancy's moon, and the moon represents your physical body in astrology. Pluto can be nefarious, not always, but it's often associated with like surprises, turning points, like things you'll never see coming. And like when they happen, you're like, okay, well, that was a. Like, <laughs> things you never saw coming a man with wielding a baton hitting at your knees the day before you're supposed to qualify for the olympics so what the fuck so the focus in nancy's chart at this time are themes of her legacy and herself and so she has a lot of transiting planets in capricorn which again rules the knees a Mars transit was happening which indicates power and aggression and she has pluto interacting with her moon which again brings surprises and turning points you never saw coming related to your body. Yeah, aka a strange man coming behind a fucking curtain to attempt to break your knee. Um, so the next day after that, this story is everywhere and it was all anyone could talk about. Nancy's crying face, which to me is very fucked up, is splashed all over the front page of newspapers 
and a recorded video of her grabbing her knee in pain moments after the attack is recorded and broadcast around the world. This was huge because there weren't cell phone cameras. There weren't the fact that there was a camera crew that caught this, the aftermath of the like, why, why? (laughs) was like so um so fascinating to people and just like I think added to this whole drama and this whole um like rivalry media frenzy around them you know again it was like reality tv before there was reality tv so what's going on in the chart that would like turn this into a worldwide phenomenon well I can't say what for sure was going on in the chart um this is just a an instinctual basis of mine which is that sometimes Men just need to see a woman crying in order to feel something. Um, <laughs> and anyway, when the news were on January 7th, um, just to reiterate, the sun, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Uranus, and Neptune were all packed in Capricorn, a sign of power, longstanding structures within society and tradition. Most significant is the Uranus-Neptune conjunction. Um, it was it was super close. Uh, and so this aspect is very rare. It happens every like 171 to 172 years. So a lot of people don't even like see it in their lifetime. Um, the three of us have to be born on it. Uh, and it tends to signify like a turning point for like thought revolutions, but it also just makes people supercharged and, you know, kind of rabid. And between January 7th and January 9th, the Mercury crossed Uranus, the Uranus-Neptune conjunction. And in mundane astrology, Mercury is the general mindset of like the, uh, the people and um, it also relates to the press and the periodicals of the nation. And so it's like worth noting that Saturn was in Aquarius at this time, conjunct America's moon uh, at 27 degrees, which is like the moon is the general populace of the nation. It's just like just like the way they're going at that time, the state of their being. So Saturn rules Capricorn um, and Saturn rules Aquarius. So all this energy is like just like. It's making a huge impact on the collective psyche so much that, like, you know, we're still talking about it and shit. So looking at this, we have two transits that are focusing on the press and the collective psyche. And another transit, Neptune meeting Uranus, that is going to make all of them insanely messed up about a subject. So very passionate, wanting to talk about it. These are transits all together are going to make this story explode, which it did. This attack only made Nancy even more of this like beloved heroine figure. And it even made people start to speculate about if Tanya, little Tanya, was behind this. Luckily for Nancy, though, in terms of like her physical body, the injury from the attack left her with just a few bruises, which like literally, if you're going to hit someone with a fucking baton and you just bruise them, like, what is your life like? You know, like. I don't know, not to be mob wifey, but like she had no broken bones, which was like great for her. But the shitty thing, though, was still that her injury was on her landing leg and it was severe enough that she was forced to pull out of competing in the national championships the following night. But since Nancy was their star and willing to conform to ideals, the U.S. figure skating uh, committee decided to send Nancy to the Olympics, even though she didn't skate in the qualifying competition. Because remember, folks, the Olympics are rigged as hell. <laughs> and But on the other hand, they were forced to send Tanya to the Olympics, much to their chagrin, because she qualified. In the meantime, the FBI launches an investigation. And it honestly takes them like six seconds to figure <laughs> yeah. out the whole scheme. Because <laughs> everybody was like an idiot. The FBI is like, um, so we found that guy that hit Nancy and he says he was actually paid to do it by 
motherfucking Jeff Galuli, aka Tanya Tanya Harding's husband. And everybody's like, like what? And Tanya's like denying everything, but her husband eventually turns himself in and flips on her, saying like, "Oh yeah, she knew about all of this." And that's eventually confirmed by the FBI finding a piece of paper in Tanya's trash that had written on it the time Nancy would be practicing the day of the attack. And the juicy part of this is that the writing on it was written in fucking Tanya's handwriting. So it was like, not... You can't remember or can't execute a good clubbing, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not a good look for her. Yeah, it was like the Three Stooges, for sure, which (laughs) I think what the media, like, even referred to this group of people as. But, I mean, we're not sure how much Tanya knew or didn't know, but things did not look good for her. And this is like, this is like some classic, like, ransom note on your own family stationery type of shit. Let's just stop writing things down, right? We can communicate (laughs) subliminally. Let's just do that from now on. I got yeah. you. Um, so yeah, Tanya <laughs> seemed crazy. And like, I feel like both of these women just like took the brunt and like had to play these like, you know, roles. But uh, as we all do, as humans, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Uh, Tanya is extremely moldable. Like her Neptune is conjunct Mercury almost exactly to the minute in Sagittarius. And so Mercury is how we communicate. It's how you perceive your like immediate environment. And Neptune is the fog. It's like the fog of a blackout. If you guys have ever blacked out. It obscures or like obliterates. Yeah, I know. We drink Four loco, And it's just like anything that Neptune touches in your chart will be like, it's obliterated a little bit. And that's not always bad. Like that also like, you know, like it gives the capacity to like maybe like be altruistic in certain ways. But like Sagittarius is a sign of beliefs and ideologies. And Sagittarius is always like seeking out the next hill to die in because it understands that like humans have a vital need to believe in something. And so on the plus side, this makes her very creative and innovative in her sport. She's like, I'll play heavy metal. Like, Uh, But she's also really gullible, easily manipulated and like might often have a skewed or like um, just like not a very clear perception or at least on the same page as everyone else as of like her immediate environment and also subject to being manipulated by the people in that environment. I feel like having these transits, you know, it might make her susceptible to getting easily caught up in the moment and maybe going along with a scheme, thinking people around you have your best interest at heart, even though they don't. But on the other hand, you have to remember that, you know, the Scorpio sun and that Taurus moon like makes her deeply feel that when she deserves something, she needs to get it at whatever cost. So it's not that surprising that she would be involved in like some sort of way. Nancy was her longtime rival. She probably projected her subconscious feelings upon Nancy Nancy and she's like the one person that's in the way of getting her gold medal um and Tanya's desperation to win at all costs could have easily um you know manipulated her ex-husband to decide to set up the attack we don't know yeah exactly I'm not saying that I know what she did or what she didn't do but also like she was so insanely driven thanks to that ruthless as fuck Scorpio sun and competitive cancer rising I mean, she would go to practice, people would say, for hours, some days without having eaten at all. So imagine like a six hour practice and you didn't even eat breakfast or lunch. Like, and it was because like her family couldn't afford it or she couldn't afford it. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, she will power through anything. Then, on top of all the practicing, all the super long days that are like, you know, going to really like tear you down, make you tired. She would then have to go home and sew her own costumes um, because she couldn't afford them. So like, as you could see, she would do anything she had to do 
to dismantle any obstacle, no matter what it took. But like at the end of the day, the one thing that she couldn't change was the opinion of U.S. figure skating. Cause like they were like fucking narcs. Um, so it makes sense that, you know, she would take down their darling because that was like, after she, like Nancy was eliminated, Tanya was their only option for winning gold at the Olympics. So, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of like down with the mob bosses on this one. You're on a, of an Italian podcast. Okay, obviously, but I do, I understand the, I don't know. I just, it's so fraught, but also like the, like sewing of your own shit, like, and like even like just more needles, right? Like everything she does that's creative has something sharp with it. And again, it's the best like cancer Scorpio dynamic, which is like blaming your covert oppressor for like incidents beyond either of your control. And then like trying to control the situation with brute force on competition instead of on the oppressor, which is like U.S. figure skating being fucking dorks. Honestly, I'm I'm really anti dork, you guys. <laughs> um, and so Tanya like feels oppressed. So she tries to take control. And that's like, again, this like Venus, like in um, Scorpio retrograde dynamic. It's like trying to seize control, but like never like feeling like you have it. And so just kind of like grasping at like, you know, just grasping at the air or whatever. At this point, there are no charges against her yet. So Tanya and Nancy go to the 1994 Winter Olympics in Norway. And it is awkward as all fuck. Yeah, I mean... Nancy even showed up to practice in the same white skating outfit that she wore on the day that she was attacked at practice. And she said she 100% wore it on purpose. Like, this was like the culmination of this like media frenzy. Like, everyone like couldn't wait to see these two. They were, this was like the first time they were together. It's such a Scorpio moon move. And also, Nancy knows how to court the media. Hell yes. Mm, yeah. Honestly, looking back at it now, Nancy wearing that outfit, you know, like, I feel like she like, kind of like I looked at her and I was like, oh, you're kind of like, mm. I'm like, you know, like, there's nothing to you. But her wearing that outfit again, I'm like, yeah, you like came to fuck some shit up, which I respect. Like you came to put on a show. So everyone who says fashion isn't political is a liar. Ooh, they only say that because it's a women thing. I know. <laughs> so. so the Olympics happen. And their skating program broadcast is one of the most watched events in American history, which like chic for them. But in the end, the joke was on us because <laughs> Tanya came in eighth and Nancy came in second to fucking Oksana Bayul, who came out of like the Russian ether. Um, but everybody in the U.S. was like, what the fuck? Like, Nancy, this was supposed to be like your redemption. Your triumph over evil. This was pretty scandalous. And Nancy was sort of like seen a little bit as a sore loser. Um, At the time, she was seen on camera making comments about Oksana and just being like, you know, generally like kind of huffy and puffy about the whole thing. Um, And she didn't even go to the closing ceremonies, which there is speculation that that's not like only because she didn't win. Um, She did have a previous engagement with her sponsor, Disney. Um, but still, I think she, you know, if, if you had all that pressure to redeem yourself and then you were seen as that you didn't like, I would be kind of embarrassed too. And then back on American soil, all the dudes slash fucking idiots involved in Nancy's attack, go to jail. Tanya pleads guilty to conspiracy and gets probation, which honestly is like kind of a big deal. Cause normally a lot of times when you are the mastermind 
or like conspiracy ish, you get like a much bigger sentence. Sometimes there are like conveniences to being a woman, but you know, I don't know. I know. Well, a lot of times like women are like mastermans behind shit. Tanya ended up getting probation, a fine, and her skating titles revoked. She also was banned from the US Figure Skating Association forever, so she couldn't skate ever again. And then Nancy kind of had her own light fall from grace. She made a few shrieky comments. She did a bad job hosting SNL and the media kind of turned on her for a while, Um, which in my opinion, I feel like it's just like the media didn't know what to do with her because they set up this narrative for her that she didn't achieve. So then they just had to be like, you need to like get the fuck out of here. Like we can't deal with you. But I mean, she did make it into the ice skating hall of fame and she like is a commentator on like ice skating shows. She plays herself in in movies. So she's still like around, like just me and Nancy. And let's not forget in true Scorpio moon moves decades later, Nancy is still bringing up the fact that Tanya never directly apologized to her, which is kind of messed up. Scorpio never forgets and a Libra never forgets a missed apology. (laughs) Next week, we're talking about the latest cult phenomenon that is Nexium. One thing we can always count on is a cult drama. Oh yeah, Yeah. Keith Rainier, sex cult, (laughs) new frontier. Modern cults. Ooh, we're still not immune to it. Uh, Maybe more (laughs) cult than ever. So please leave us that five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Thank you guys. And this is new for season two, but if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and DM a screenshot of your review to us, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. Yay! Yes! And it will be weird as fuck, so do it. And don't forget to follow us, Allegedly Astrology, on Instagram and Reddit, and at Allegedly Astro on Twitter. I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology. Hell yeah, it is, bitch. Bye. Bye. <laughs>